0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this.
1: What, it's a police box. What on earth is it doing here? These things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it. you feel it.
2: Hey, vibration. It's It's alive.
1: Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight, you never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now.
3: I broke the glass, it's all come back to me. This, what is this? That's my ship. let me take it from the top hello I'm the doctor I'm a traveler in space and time and that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS time and relative dimension in space you're gonna love this
2: Mrs. Sequel to you
1: Please tell me you're not about to engage
0: Sontarans in battle
1: I accept your offer of a massacre
4: Earth shall be an outpost of the Sontaran Empire No, it won't
1: Hey there, Station Who listeners, welcome to another episode. And yes, we are here once again, another new live episode to talk about new Doctor Who! This Ooh. is awesome. This is awesome. Doctor Who Flux, Chapter 2, War of the Sontarans. This just keeps getting better, folks. This is, you know, some people I've been hearing from who have been Doctor Who naysayers, have been like... Have you watched Doctor Who? And I was, like, shocked first off that they are still watching it because they swore it off. Some people were like, I'm not going to watch it. And this is from the Capaldi era, and they're coming back to the show. That's how much interest this has gained because it's a season-long story arc, and it's pretty darn awesome. So... Definitely curious what you guys at home are thinking about this one, and we've got a great crew to talk about it. But first, we of course we'd love to hear from you guys at home. So write us feedback at who dot com. You know, definitely you know tell us what you think. Have you guys been happy with the first two episodes? Are you, you not? Uh, we've gotten you know a couple people have been messaging us on Facebook. A couple people have written us, and it's been you know people who you know. I've been shocked to hear from, you know, even one or two former co-hosts have written me and said, you know, they're actually enjoying Doctor Who. So it's actually pretty cool to hear, you know, from these folks. So, you know, we definitely want to hear from you guys and stuff, but enough talking about us, enough talking about you guys. Let's introduce (laughs) the cast for tonight because we got a great crew sitting in with us tonight. Of course, from the best Saturdays of our lives, we have Mark McRaeer.
3: Hey Mark. everybody, so Mark, good to be how here. how are you, sir? Doing great. Happy to be here to talk about the
1: awesome Doctor Who. Yeah, this is the first time you've actually been up here for us. You've oh, been yeah. on Earth Station One quite a few times, but mm-hmm. this is the first time, you know, when you mentioned that, you know, you're enjoying it, it was just like, you want to come on the show? <laughs> it's like, because <laughs> I've been dying, you know, if I knew you were such a Whovian, I would have had you on long, long time ago, sir.
3: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I became a Doctor Who fan. I want to say about maybe 3 or 4 years ago. I think the BBC was airing a marathon and I just started watching the marathon and I've been a fan of it since.
1: That is awesome. So who now is your doctor? That's the big question that people at home want to know. Oh
3: my gosh. Um I don't really have a favorite. <laughs> I, I can tell you who I'm not a fan of. <laughs>
1: that, okay.
3: <laughs> well, well, maybe maybe not for this podcast, but
1: um, yeah, we'll talk I, off the air. We'll yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that, that's even better. You know, we don't want hate mail coming care of you know air station. Who you know, right. Mark McRae. He said this. He said that. Oh my gosh. Have you ventured it all into the old series, or is it mostly all new series for you?
3: It's mostly all new. Um, I want to say maybe the last five seasons I've been watching.
1: Okay, gotcha. I've
3: watched, put it that way. Yeah. Okay,
1: gotcha. So there's a lot you need to catch up on, sir. Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: But that's cool that you're getting into the mythos and getting all behind it and everything. And it's great to have you here. And do you want to tell people real quick about your podcast?
3: Oh, yeah. So the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a it's based on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives book, which uh, sort of peels the banana or, or a behind-the-scenes look at how Saturday morning became a competitive business. We talk about competition between the studios and the networks and uh, who the players were behind the scenes and how deals were made and And maybe things like money left on the table, um, how certain shows didn't get renewed because of bad business deals being made. And we tried to let people know that Saturday morning was a business and there was a lot of behind the scenes shenanigans going on and just try to bring some insight to all that fun Saturday morning stuff.
1: It's an awesome podcast to listen to, folks, if you get a chance. I love I listen to every week. So it's a lot of fun. And, of course, we also have joined with us tonight the mayor of Chickentown herself. Felicity is here. Welcome back.
2: Hi, it's good to be back. Um, I haven't been talking about New Doctor Who since the last time I was on this podcast at the end <laughs> of the previous season. Wow. Uh, I have been thinking and talking about classic Doctor Who a couple of times on the on a Brasselon. But uh, I guess other other TV shows have been occupying my time. And my thoughts during the past year or so. So it was kind of like, oh, Doctor Who's on again. Well, um, of course I'm going to watch it whenever it's on. And yeah, I was pleasant. I've been pleasantly surprised so far.
1: That is awesome. Well, let me ask you guys since we didn't have you guys on last week, just real quick, initial thoughts on the first part. What was what did you guys think? Did it start off successful or was it just, eh, or what?
2: For me, it's for me it was a successful start. I mean, a little bit, of course a little bit of time needed to be spent establishing the new characters that we're meeting like Dan and um, I'm going to keep forgetting gray worms, actual, the name of a
4: Vinder. 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 Vinder.
2: Don't don't let me call him gray worm Vinder. Um, (laughs) And a couple other characters we get brief glimpses of who, you know, at least one seems to be displaced in time, so we'll probably get the rest of that character's story later on. We see the, you know, establish who the villains are and and uh, find out a character who we thought was a villain actually isn't. Um, gotta say that the dog, you know, the the dog makeup <laughs> wasn't wasn't terribly convincing, <laughs> or you know, kind of cross between Chewbacca and uh i don't know it was that was kind of a low point for me but but entertaining can just, we character
1: can, we could mix between chewbacca and doug from up that's about
2: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so. uh, on the whole i liked it i thought it, you know it was fast-paced and uh, did a good job of of uh
3: moving along and doing what it needed to do
1: of course that's awesome mark what about you
3: I I liked it. Uh, the beginning of the the story sort of reminded me of of Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know the DC storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Were you seeing these worlds getting destroyed? And um, because you know they did a Crisis on Infinite Earths on you know there was this whole crossover event. But I really feel like the this you know episode kind of captured what it's like to be on a planet that's about to (laughs) not exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I thought the rollout of the new characters was, you know, a little slow. Um, I wanted to find out more about uh, a vendor and uh, like his backstory. Um, But there wasn't really a lot. And I feel like because the other characters that were the doctor's companions from Last season, you know, they lost two cast members. We're not there. I kind of feel like Yaz is finally getting to do a lot more than she did before. Right. And I've always liked the dynamic between Yaz and the doctor um, because Yaz doesn't let the doctor get away with anything. And I, I it's, it's almost like they're siblings, you know, like older sister, younger sister. That's a good and, way to put uh, it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of cool to, you know, like when Yaz will just confront the doctor about things. And, oh,
1: that's cool. You
3: know, yeah.
1: That is very cool. Well, that's good. And welcome back for this week's episode. And we'll get into it in a few minutes. But, of course, let's introduce our regulars, of course. Ms. Mary Ogles here.
0: Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here.
1: It is so good to have you here this week, Mary.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I mean, I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy. We're getting a good. Doctor who
1: that is a very good point. And of course, Mr. Michael Gordon is here.
4: Howdy,
1: and, or should we call him birthday boy, Mike Gordon.
4: Just, just <laughs> when, by, you know, by the time this airs, it'll be all over. So, you know, <laughs> good point. there's, there's no, uh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, well, hopefully, your, like,
1: your furry friend will be able to find you, you know, by then.
4: Interesting, Mike, that you pointed out that, uh, you know, that this, that the new series is uh, getting a lot of positive response because I've seen a lot of articles that have uh, basically said that the ratings are down even lower than they were last year and that um, a lot of people are just not tuning in for whatever reason, maybe because they're just waiting until. Uh, the new doctor and the new showrunner show up. I don't know, but, um, um, it was the, uh, Halloween apocalypse. We didn't get really a really chance to talk about it last time because we were right there, uh, recording right on the day that it aired. But the, uh, the viewing figure was the, the, the lowest it's ever been for a Doctor Who premiere. Although it was higher, uh, slightly than a majority of the season 12 episodes themselves.
1: Yeah, well, so, and and also in all truth, you can't go by those numbers anymore. Even those articles that are coming out and saying, "Oh, the Doctor Who numbers are down" and everything, they still won the time slot in the UK.
4: They, they did al- not win the time slot in the, in the UK. They did. They were the second highest. They were the second highest viewing of the night.
1: Yeah, of of the night, but not of the time slot. They did win. So. I didn't say of the night. I said of the And that was,
4: uh, yeah, the second most watched program for the night in the UK.
1: Yeah. Now, it, I don't know, you know, what it was in America.
4: Obviously, it's a lot different now.
1: It's It had amazing numbers on BBC America because that was the main way to see it both. At, but But also – but also was they also had great numbers when they showed it live with the, with the UK, but they also had great numbers for the 8 p.m. showing also. Here.
4: What's amazing to me is that, um, so the Halloween apocalypse was watched by 4.43 million viewers in the UK uh, oh, when it aired originally, right? right? Okay, so in the United States... The original broadcast or in the afternoon was only watched by uh, 339,000 viewers. And the later broadcast was seen by 277,000 viewers. So not even, like, even both those numbers combined, if I'm not mistaken, is not even, like, a million. And so, like, that means that, like, at least on BBC America, at least, uh yeah, only, like, not even... Like a fourth of the people are watching it that are still watching in the UK, so it's still very much. It sounds like a very UK type thing, you know.
1: Yes and no, because you know, as these articles are saying, and as we're finding out, a lot of us don't watch it when it is airing on the TV live. I right. stream... it's not
4: even counting that though. No, I, mean, I know. It's still, it's... it's still putting that in. It's still putting that in effect. You know, no, If you're watching it's... it. You're watching it.
1: It's not counting it as streaming though, cause I, I watch it three days later or two days later. They're not counting those numbers when they give all these numbers are the overnight numbers sure. that they're putting out. And they, you know, even these articles, like I keep on saying and trying to say is that they're not, you know, they're, the, that's still the old way of counting it. The you know the numbers because that doesn't inc- include streaming or ways of people showing it, watching it t- on demand or other. There's so many ways now to watch this. Or that, even
0: just time shifted.
1: Exactly. You know, like exactly. I didn't
0: watch it at at the that certain time because I wanted to fast forward through the
1: commercials. Well, exactly. That's exactly yeah, but what it is. I do but, too. It,
4: but it is counting that. Like if you're, if you recorded it on your DVR when it airs, that's considered like, and you watch it, that's considered watching it when it airs. Like it's, it's, I mean, they are taking these into account. I mean, everybody says, Oh, it's different out but you can still compare them and you can still use that. Now there are some other numbers out there for sure. And the, there's a lot of people watching in it that are, it's not in legal ways. Um, and and, 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 you know, but the fact that, you know, as you said, Mike, people are watching it later, like they're waiting for like a few days or whatever and watching it stream means that they're not watching it right when it airs and they're not excited about it.
1: No, so they're or not, YouTube. they're
4: not, they're not excited to watch it when it premieres, which is a big statement in and of itself. And That's that more not, people are doing do that, that in Britain that? than they're doing. I don't it. think that means I, that I, people no,
1: aren't excited th- about no, it. I think I people have been trained with to that. not
0: watch things. I don't watch yeah, at anything. At the time that. they
2: air. Yes, but I don't watch anything. Sorry. No. I don't watch anything live ever. No,
1: exactly.
4: <laughs> I, but if that I don't was have, the case overall, then that would be the case in Britain as it is here. The numbers would be very similar, but they're
1: not. But it's the same way, Mike, because a lot of people in the UK don't are cutting the cord or such and watching it streaming and such. And yeah, you know, but they
4: still got four, they still got millions of more people than the States did. Like that's like fine. Doctor not, who is
1: more popular in the UK. And right, it's not, that's my point. It's it still is a lot
4: more. Popular.
0: I think all that says though, is that that more, yes, more people in the UK watched it when it first aired than in the U S but that doesn't necessarily mean the numbers are less for the U.S. It means that less people watched it at the time it was first aired. Exactly. Because I think in the U.S. it's probably more prevalent not to watch things when they first air. I
4: I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you can compare like, look, I mean, I mean, that's a different argument, but I, I just find it really fascinating. And I think that I think that the numbers are there. I mean, I know that there's a lot in what you're saying. But there's also reasons that, uh, you know, a lot of these numbers are taking into account some of the things you say they're not.
1: But also, you have to remember. Well, actually,
0: they're not. They don't count every single person who – that's not how the rating system works. They don't count every single person automatically who watches
1: it. This is estimates. yeah. Well, Um, yes, I mean,
4: well, I mean, because not everybody,
1: not everybody has the little box on their TV. Actually,
4: everybody does have a little box. Everybody has a cable box, and everything is being counted. Everything you watch is. No,
1: that's not
0: true. Everybody doesn't have a cable (laughs) box.
1: But
4: if you're watching it somewhere, somebody is counting it.
1: But BBC is over the air, also, or you know, nobody's watching
4: it over the air that way.
1: Yeah, they are the people who have like the digital, you know, it's like here. If we have, uh, you know, a digital antenna, I could watch, you know, football. Does my, you know, ratings count watching that and stuff? You know, so it, it all depends, Mikey. It's, you know, it's, that's, it's almost a moot point. You know, it's. The scores have been higher for Doctor Who this season. And Doctor Who in the United States is never going to be a juggernaut. It's never going to be a Star Trek. It's never going to be a Star Wars. And, you know, and that's just a fact. If it was, it would be on something more than BBC America, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: I think
1: actually they're trying to move that way. Well, they are too. I mean, that's the reason why the whole HBO max thing is happening. Well, eventually and see what happens now with Sony taking a portion of bad wolf too, you know? And so we'll have to see with that, but it's going to be very interesting to see because the old ways of doing ratings is antiquated. And, you know, it's the same way, you know, people – how people rate for podcasts or downloads and stuff because, you know, we could say, you know, we we know this personally. You know, hey, oh, we the, the week this went live, we only got 200 downloads or 300 downloads. But then after all, you know, people come back and listen to it or they haven't played it yet or they play it off our website and stuff and we end up with over a 1,000 downloads, you know. So it's – you know. When all things are said and done type of thing. And so, you know, it's all, it's all different than, it, you know, and so I'm just, it's, it's interesting to see. And I, your point is taken, but it's also kind of moot in the same way. Well, it's um, kind of, moot because, and, you know, obviously they're not going to make,
4: they're not going to, this doesn't mean anything because it doesn't matter how low the ratings are this year we still know there is we're going to get doctor who next year and we still know we're going to get doctor who in two years when it has a new showrunner yeah, so uh, i definitely. just you know so i know they're not making decisions based on that uh, at least not not uh, those kind of decisions it's not going to be canceled anytime soon and i don't believe it is but um I, yeah i just find it interesting so yeah. and 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 you know it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that the numbers that the numbers might be uh skewed or might not be complete but they're not irrelevant um so uh you know i do think that there is something in some of a lot of these numbers and i just find them interesting and i'm not even a numbers guy i hate numbers
1: (laughs) well there you go
4: but but i just thought it was interesting and i'm not saying like you know it gives that impression though right i mean the uh you know, when you have a lot of articles that are saying that this is the worst, this is the worst, this is the worst rated thing or whatever, then people out there are going to read that headline and they'll be like, well, I'm not going to bother.
1: Well, if you want to go by that, this episode lost almost half a million people in the UK. This got over three three 3.8 million people in the UK to watch it. That's still 3.8 million people. And we're not also taking into account all these other countries that, you know. Also, get BBC and such. Well, so, you have to
0: think about it as niche viewing too. Yeah, I mean, the way exactly. things are segmented now, that that's actually a pretty big number as far as a niche.
1: Yeah, goes. exactly. Shows on the CW wish they got four million views. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. uh, <laughs> you know, so but they keep you know,
2: making more of them.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, and so
3: oh my gosh. Well, um, I, I guess I have a question. So sometimes I know that sporting events also will, you know, kind of ruin other people's ratings. And so was the World Series still going on last no, it's weekend? Over. No, no. No, no. That's I mean,
1: like when the show Last premiered. week. When it okay. premiered, yes. Uh, yes. That yeah. was actually the Sunday game. But right. that was also in prime time. So that's probably why the ratings possibly were lower could have been than a possibility the, APM, too. For the APM showing. Like, um, because there's so much overlap
3: between
4: Doctor Who fans and baseball fans.
1: (laughs) As as the man wearing
4: the the one
3: out of six, (laughs) I'm surprised because a a lot of times, you know, when I when I was at Adult Swim, anytime we had low Sunday ratings, it was because you know, like a game ran over, went into overtime, or something like that, and it you know affected our ratings a lot. You also, I was I was always surprised because. You know, I didn't think that that demographic would be watching, the adult swim demographic would be watching a sports event. Oh, yeah.
1: Well (laughs) yeah. No, you're exactly true. And it's also, you know, during the premiere, which was 2.24 p.m., that's prime time for NFL, you know, and the numbers for the NFL are staggering still.
3: I was going to say, sometimes our our ratings department would warn us and tell us, hey, there's a big game coming up. Uh, you maybe want to, you know, uh, reschedule that premiere because a lot of people are not going to watch, you know, stuff like that. I mean, programming would do it sometimes and sometimes they wouldn't. But it just was always a little surprising because Adult Swim was never even actively trying to get sports programming on. But yet it just seemed to be a threat against, a, um, you know, it just seemed to be a threat. Sports just seemed to be a threat against Adult Swim. It was uh-huh. weird. Huh.
1: No, and that's very true.
4: The uh the other thing I wanna mention real quick and we, we move on We spent way more time talking about that than I wanted to. Um but uh Well it's your birthday, the, you get to talk about whatever you want to. I did watch it's <laughs> not completely true at all. Um the uh BBC when they showed the uh episode later, uh they had a, a quote unquote extended cut, which featured an additional two minutes of content. Um I watched that because I had recorded both on my D V R and uh, I rewatched uh the actual longer quote unquote longer version. And I I couldn't tell you where the two minutes were. I I think they might've added like two seconds, like, like accumulatively throughout, like every scene, so that it added up to two minutes. But I, I, there was nothing that I recognized that I was like, I don't remember that earlier in the day. So I had
3: two I, extra commercials.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, know um, this is actual content, not not outside content. But
3: no, I, I I I also watched a little bit of the extended episode, and I think the episode with Dan Lewis's character, you know, he's at the shelter, and I feel like that whole scene was extended. Huh. You know, but I could be wrong. You know, maybe I wasn't paying attention the first time. But to me, it seemed like that was one of the little bit of the extended scenes. And then the um, there was another, It seemed like another extended scene came when, uh, you know, I'm kind of moving ahead when Claire ran into the doctor and Yaz on the street. Mm-hmm. It seems like there was some type of buildup to that. But, you know, I could be wrong. Yeah, I to your point, it was a little hard to figure
4: out. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like some, like, oh, wow, that's really cool. No, <laughs> it was more like, uh, whatever, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I don't know if there's any more news uh, or whatever, but uh, yeah, I'm anxious yeah. to talk about this week's.
1: No, I think we went far enough with that type of stuff. And, you know, I think it's time to get started with the Santarans. You ready? Santara! Santara! <laughs> I think we're ready for this. Um, I thought it was pretty awesome. We had War of the Sartarans, uh, written by Chris Chibnall. How about that, Doctor?
0: <laughs> Surprise!
1: And it was it was really interesting, and it was neat. You know, it was sad and, and neat at the same time because we didn't get to see Dan Starkey playing all the Sartarans again. You know. <laughs> But it I think was, he played all but one. Exactly.
4: <laughs> That's what I felt like. I heard his yeah. voice and all but like the the main guy. I think it
1: it was interesting, and the show literally pretty much kind of picks up right after what happened at the end because basically the flux absorbed them or whatever and threw them and placed them back in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. And
0: well, it, for a little for a, for little a second for way. some of them yeah for a little <laughs> bit, yeah for yeah. some of them and <laughs> yeah.
1: it it was it was real interesting because you know they all woke up on the battlefield and they found out that you know there was no Russia it was you know Santaran you know they mm. had already invaded and everything I was like what you know what the de- what's the deal so obviously history had been changed there and it was just interesting because you then had both Yaz and Dan fade away. And what I thought, you know, and tell me what you guys thought. I thought originally when they started fading away, it was because time had changed.
2: Oh yeah. I got serious back to the future vibes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, like Dan, you're glowing. It's like he's regenerating. He's the master, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, but yeah, I thought he. I, I got the Back to the Future vibe that, from that. That was my
3: know. instinct. That was my. Yeah, I, well. I thought that's what exactly what was going on. You know, I think they it was fading away because the timeline was yeah, had changed obviously. And I, mean, I yeah, think Suntar it just turned out to over.
4: be kind of really just bad writing on Chibnall's part because really <laughs> there didn't need to be any reason for them to be there. They could have just all separate. They could have all just disappeared and shown up in other places to begin with. They didn't really need to be there. The only reason, the only thing that, that was kind of cool that came out of them being there uh, originally before they faded out was later on when dan's talking to the doctor and he sees uh mary sekel and he's like oh yeah. mary like he like he knows who <laughs> that is. and i'm like i'm like okay that that's kind of funny um but uh uh for the rest of it i yeah there was i don't know they just added some weird kind of tension that i don't think was absolutely necessary it would have been just as cool if they had woken up in different all like after the flux or whatever hit they could have woken up in their I agree with in, that. Yeah, it was got different
0: places,
2: yeah. Yeah, that probably would have made more sense. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Then you wouldn't have to come up with... Uh, maybe they wanted to do the cool effect
1: of... I, I, yeah, yeah, they, have, they could, We've they, got they a have budget. Money. We've got to use <laughs> it. We've
0: got to do something. <laughs> something besides spaceships. <laughs>
1: oh, gosh. So, yeah, let's um, go into it because it was interesting because I liked that they separated the three of them. It was – I think it was very well done that they did it because it forwarded the, each one of the stories and started, to, you know, evolving the storylines. Mm-hmm. And it was nice because now we got the Santarins, and now we have the Santarins out of the way because of what happened in the story. And it was interesting because, you know, you had the doctor – you know, she still had a companion in this – And I I think I mean
2: I this always irritates me a little bit. It's like I mean I know it's it's the same as what um, Chibnall did with the season opener uh, last season that he you know no I think it's cool that he's bringing in you know female characters from history but you know giving why can't the doctor just work with one of her companions she already has (laughs) instead of giving giving her a you know an episode long companion.
0: I don't know, that's kind of a very classic Doctor Who thing to it do is. yeah I mean they did that, but a lot. often it's because the char-
2: it's often it's because the writer likes the character they created better than the existing <laughs> companions, and I don't <laughs> think that's the case with No, yeah,
0: and I'm glad and I'm actually glad they did that just like for what Mike was saying because I think it gave Yaz more of a chance to shine and, and Dan more of a mm-hmm. chance to shine
4: absolutely, yeah, I think true. that is true, true
0: in it and
2: bringing you know connecting Yaz to uh, to vendor. And what's going on with him. I also, him think the that in, story.
4: I also think in this case, too, it gives a lot of people who probably aren't aware of Mary Seacole like some, some press and some time like to, for people to go, wow, who is she? Like, if it was just a passing character that was only, like, you know, in a scene or two, maybe they, they wouldn't care. But this is actually, like, gives her a lot to do where you're like, I want to find out more about her. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't know how much this show really is for kids and all of that anymore and that, and that kind of stuff. But, but even just for adults, uh, you know, I think, I think, I mean, to be honest with you, I was familiar with the name, but I really couldn't tell you a lot about Mary Sekel. So I, I mean, certainly I looked her up after this and I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: It's yeah pretty I amazing. It,
0: it was great. He didn't go with Florence Nightingale. Cause yes. that's when yeah. I mean, everyone associates with the Crimean war, exactly. whereas you have this whole other person who was doing these amazing things that has sort of been shunted to the background. So that part I I loved.
3: Right. And uh, there's a scene also where um, Dan kind of gives like a recap. And I don't know if that's for the audience or not. He goes, okay, well, Mary Sequel's a real person. And these (laughs) aliens are not supposed to be here you know, and he's just trying to absorb it all in. But I kind of feel like that was for anyone who was just watching Doctor Who for the first time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how it came across anyway.
1: (laughs) No, and it was interesting too, because you had this and you had the British, you know, hotel and you had, you know, which was a real place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of kids these days, I'm not trying to make sound old. I didn't <laughs> learn it when I was in school either. I didn't learn about nope. the Crimean War until, you know, I was in college.
2: Right. It might be better known to to the British.
1: Oh, oh of right. course. Sure.
2: But yeah, but no, it's it's always cool to learn something that you didn't mm-hmm. know before.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and you know, you had pretty much a slaughter on their hands because there was no way people with muskets and you know bayonets and such would be able to take out a, a troops of uh, Santarans. And it was, you know, they needed walks to do that. Come on, yeah,
0: that was. <laughs> I, I also
4: judgment. like the. I also like the idea that you know, I, I at least the. I don't think it happens like every time, but it seems to me that doctor who has this tradition of the second episode is always a historical one or like mm-hmm. is usually one. Right. And, and I, and I like that. I, it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable and it's like, Oh, here's the second episode. And it's, and we're going back in history and learning something. I, I like that idea. And it seems it, it, much more comfortable in this, in this format.
1: Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Was the commander that, you know, was going up against the Sontarans. Was he a real person or was he, you know, just made up for the show? Cause he was a jag off.
2: I don't <laughs> know. I didn't get a chance. To look yeah, that I, yeah. That I, that I either. don't know.
4: Yeah. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not sure about that either. I was surprised to find out that Joseph Williamson was a real person. <laughs> the, the yeah. <laughs> like I was like, uh, cause I was looking up, you know, stuff on, on when I looked up this episode and everything and getting names and everything, but, uh, uh, you know, the guy who's in, uh, he's an eccentric businessman and, you know, he's building these, the best known for the Williamson Tunnels or whatever. I'm like, that's a real guy. I was like, <laughs> oh, like, that's a real guy. I'm like, holy crap. Thank you. I mean, Chris, yeah. you totally blew my
1: mind on that one.
2: Yeah. That seemed to, that did seem to be too specific to be made up. <laughs>
1: Well, the t- the tunnels that they showed, you know, where mm. Yaz showed up and Vinder showed up and then later the doctor and Dan, was that the tunnels he was building or was nah, that something no. else? So how did he end up at those tunnels?
4: How did anybody end up there? The yeah, they didn't, they didn't explain it. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. Chris, just ended Chris, up there. Chris wrote it that way. Chris wrote like, mm. and he appeared. Uh, but it seems <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's there's some weird stuff going it, on for sure.
0: Yeah, it was on the planet Time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> and then yeah. Cause then you had, of course, Swarm and uh Azure show up with this new person. You know?
0: Yeah, the the what did they call him? The, the passenger?
1: Yeah, the passenger. Oh. Oh, he was the passenger? Yeah. Right.
0: We learn nothing about
1: it. <laughs> oh, that. I'm sure we will. We've got another four, you know, another four episodes to go. To, we'll find out about it. <laughs> sure. yeah, we
0: still, we still know almost nothing about Vendor.
1: Yeah, well, we don't know about Vendor. We don't really know anything about Swarm, other than you know the Doctor and well, he's very familiar he, with the Doctor. Yeah, and he even knew who Yaz was, which was very interesting.
4: It, so. I just find it like kind of I don't know. It, it turns me off, though. It's like we've got this planet now called the planet time and you know it's got the temple of Atropos on it with is uh, uh, these gatekeepers that are uh, in, you know control of time somehow or whatever and Ooh. I'm like really this is the first time like this <laughs> this franchise is over 50 years old and this is you're going to introduce <laughs> this now I'm like I, I just feel like uh, that was just Chris kind of coming up with something I'm not saying it wasn't cool to look at and all that kind of stuff but it just seemed like kind of like I mean, it didn't really mean much to me. I'm like, they're doing what? I, I just, I don't, you know. The idea kind
2: of that- moff, it, it seemed almost moffat to me. You know, the, <laughs> the temples were always kind of Moffat's thing.
4: Yeah I, like. yeah, I could see I that.
0: I mean, I'm doing a wait and see yeah, you too. for that. Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, um, I, but I, I do, you know, I know we're jumping around all over the place, but I did really appreciate the idea that, you know, like Yaz and Vinder are in those replacement tubes or whatever. And, uh, they're in real danger. I mean, that came across to me. I'm that like, was oh, a then. good
0: cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, yeah. Was, that was very that effective. Was
4: very effective. Yes. Exactly. Like the passes of time is going to go through her. And I'm like, uh, that doesn't sound good. good. That, that doesn't sound comfortable at all.
1: No. Uh, <laughs> that's happened to past Doctor Who companions too, because they had a companion back in the Cardinal days that. That happened to, and they oh, she literally yeah. aged yeah, right in front of the doctor and turned to dust.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, because as, yeah. as the TARDIS, was, as the TARDIS was traveling through time, she the, whatever the Daleks did to her made it that she couldn't travel through time. And so, even though the TARDIS was traveling through time, she was staying still, and so she aged right in front. It was pretty horrific.
4: They have mentioned occasionally, and I don't know, like, you know, how, if Chris is using this or not, but that as a companion traveling with the Doctor, I think this is really a new who thing, right? That you get, the companion gets up some sort of temporal energy and is, is I don't know, it, that shows up on scanners or whatnot or can be used occasionally when the plot demands it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that kind of started with uh, Dalek actually in the ninth doctor era, because Rose had gained, had the temporal energy from traveling in the TARDIS. And when she touched but, the Dalek, yeah. it restored it.
4: Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know if that was the first time I didn't, I, don't, I couldn't recall any times in classical if they mentioned it.
1: I don't think they ever mentioned it in classical. <laughs> so, but it was, it was interesting. And, you know, of course, you know, Swarm and Azure are turning out to be really bad, really, Oof. really bad.
0: They are not nice. No, and and a little creepy.
1: Yes, that's a good way to <laughs> <There> put <play. laughs> it. Uh,
4: especially the sis there. Like she just like sort of just stands there and doesn't. She's pretty stiff, and she just kind of creeps me out with her staring.
1: Oh yeah, with those eyes with the yellow makeup around it or whatever. Ooh, yeah. Or. Or the glam, whatever you want to call it.
2: Yeah, I'm feeling like the the way that like that swarm woke Azure up to, reminded me of how uh, the Roost Doctor got kind of activated
3: last yes, season.
4: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I, I, yeah. Yes. We mentioned that last time. Yeah, we and one, that too. One yeah. one thing I didn't notice in the first viewing that I noticed on my second viewing of the last week's episode is that. Um uh swarm is being held captive or prisoner or whatever by the division.
2: Oh yes, okay. They yes. actually thought-
4: say they actually say that, and I'm like, okay, so we're going we're going real far back, like if it's division is involved.
2: Yeah, the right. only the only time I remember, yeah, I, I missed that, but I know that the doctor mentioned the division is why she was um
1: Running. She was going
2: after the dog yep.
1: guy. Yeah. Because yep. she was trying to find, find out information on the division also. Right. Because, you know, even the average Gallifreyan didn't have a clue what the division was.
2: Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, Chibnall is going to progress that storyline before he leaves the show. I mean, oh, I, yeah. Be,
4: yeah.
2: it would yeah, seem well, weird to have it just hanging out there.
0: Yeah, that that's his baby. So I'm sure he's going to he's going to go there unfortunately but
2: i'm still i'm still interested enough to in it to to see what comes of it oh yeah. yeah yeah
1: very much so and you know it's still piquing my interest and i'm liking where it's going and for a cliffhanger this was really good
4: mm-hmm. yeah and it's moving like even though a lot of it takes place in 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 a historical story and a, a story, i like the fact that we like, I did not expect the doctor and the, and, and swarm to meet and encounter each other so soon in this story. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and they show up like, and they do that at the end of this uh, episode. And I was like, that's, that's a I I mean, they're Chris is moving. He's not going <laughs> to waste any time. He's like, I'm going to move the I only got six episodes. Yeah. I'm moving this
0: story
1: along. <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> <not for him. laughs> and also in this episode, we got to meet Dan's parents.
0: <laughs> Briefly. Yeah. Well that yeah. was a little convenient.
1: Yeah, <laughs> It just happened to be mom and dad saving him, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. With
1: the yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, walk. Hey. I'm gonna be walking around with a walk next year at Dragon Con. That's my cosplay. <laughs> You're gonna be like Dan. Dan yeah, exactly. with the pan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and it was it was interesting the whole storyline, you know, because you know when he went to go to his house and his house was gone. You know, <laughs> and you know, I it was
4: surprising and go. No, it's right here. And pull it out of his pocket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it was just. I like that. And it was. You know, it was interesting because I was like going. You know, and according to them, the Santorins had only been there two days since right after he disappeared, which told them makes sense because. They were going back to the Crimean War was the first test of the Santarins mm-hmm. using the chronal invasion. Yeah. And so, and that was, that was interesting. And I'm, and I'm glad, you know, they did the storyline and they followed Dan, you know, with the walk, you know, you know, invading the Santaran ship and everything. Mm-hmm. And then he was saved.
3: <laughs> right yeah i
4: liked i like the reintroduction of Carvanista better um than i did the parents
1: um but uh oh, that parents, that
0: actually made more sense it did make parents. more sense uh,
4: yeah um you know I, yeah, I, they're I
1: still do. soul bound or as he said,
4: yeah, and yeah. I still like you know i i, I know uh you know i don't felicity i get it but I, I just i like the design i think the the costume looks pretty good, so yeah it's
2: It'll probably grow on me. He's it's I gotta <laughs> think, it's it's appealing.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he's there for you know, he's gonna be there for a while. So okay. um I don't think he's going <laughs> away.
3: Yeah, I no. like how Kevin needs to save Dan and he goes, You're welcome, idiot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they still have the love-hate relationship, which mm-hmm. is awesome.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, he you know, it's his job to save him, but not to like him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: And it, exactly, and I I hope that continues throughout the the, the series, and everything because it's a great, and it's not I don't even consider it comic relief. I just think it it's a great to, for Dan to have a foil. Yeah, and, and yeah, everything. it's a
0: fun dynamic.
1: Exactly, because he won't be there the whole time, and you know he got, he went off after the, Dan went with with back with the doctor, and it was yeah, just I'm interesting. Sure he'll pop yeah. up again. Oh, I'm
4: yeah, oh, yeah, of
1: course, it's Before like.
4: The- Before the doctor popped up in the temple, I was really thinking, okay, so we're going to get a few episodes where the doctor is going to be on her own and she's going to encounter various people. Dan's going to be with uh, his best friend and um, uh, Dan's best friend. Right. And uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm full of them. Um, And then uh, and Yaz is with Vinder. And I'm like, I like this pairing, like this pairing up. I think this is going to work. But now it's all like, yeah, who knows what's going to happen going forward? So.
1: It's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. Um, I liked, you know, how he, you know, the, I like the representation of the Santarins. I think they, they made the Santarins really scary. When they did the Santarins back in the David Tennant era, I didn't really find them all that scary with that. Yeah, they were more they comic relief. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
1: And then we got
2: so familiar with Strax who was yeah. comic relief.
1: Right. Well, exactly. They made them more humorous. This, they got them more serious. I think we said, you know, when we were talking about the season, I think we were saying these Santarans reminded us more of the Santarans that were uh, fought the third doctor or the fourth mm-hmm. doctor.
4: Well, I love the fact that they name dropped Commander Slinks yeah time warrior i thought yeah. oh wow that's that's really good i'm like man that that's that's chris being putting in like a moffat touch uh,
2: absolutely, um,
4: <laughs> which i really liked. That's like
2: that's how you know right. he's a fanboy.
4: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i'm like oh that's pretty cool but i think it's interesting uh because we said this about um i think you know the cybermen with that last story uh capaldi story is that it's interesting how when they go back to the original makeup or designs of these things, they're actually more effective and creepier than, <laughs> than the newer that's, versions of them.
2: Yeah, that's a good point and, and a nice parallel to uh, to the original Cybermen that we that we saw.
1: The thought of the Sontarans taking out pretty much the British Army was like a no brainer, I would have been shocked if they didn't if it wasn't a massacre
4: is uh, that' the first time I think we've ever seen this intarance just blow i mean just be massacre like massacring folks like that, oh like, yeah, right? like I mean we've always thought and known that they were like warlike this is the first time I think we've just seen them just decimate a, a an adversary, and that made them really as you said Mike, kind of scary and frightening,
1: yeah, and you know they were an actual threat. But I love how the doctor was able to figure out their weakness and to be able to, to to stop the food supply. And once again, the humans, you know, after the enemy is a retreat, go ahead and uh, blow up the uh, bad – you know, the – the aliens yeah. here.
2: Call it all the way back to the Christmas invasion.
1: Exactly.
4: Yes, exactly. Yeah, we've mentioned several times how Chris is just taking crib notes on everybody, whatever, everybody <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, and getting well, these you know, that feel like very familiar.
3: Although there was a, a funnier scene, I think, I can't remember now, I think it was from episode two, where, uh, you know, Dan is in a ship and he's being chased and you just see all of this laser fire, you know, the <laughs> Sontarians are firing at him and they're not... And they totally well, miss them, totally <laughs> and it reminded me of a GI Joe episode. where you just see We tears <laughs> going across the screen, but no, nothing is getting hit. There is no targets getting hit. <laughs>
2: yeah, I I
3: thinking, that, was, watching that made me laugh. I was
0: thinking of storm stormtroopers. Exactly, I was yeah, about yes, to
1: say the Sontarans got training by the Empire. It was okay. <laughs> so it was it was it was fairly funny that part, and yeah. I I really liked it and. It was neat to see. The one thing we haven't talked about yet was the TARDIS and Mm. what's going on. Oh, that
0: was interesting when all the doors disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, I
1: like, I always, I mean,
2: I know it's happened before, I can't place where, but that's always like a, a cool and frightening situation
1: hmm exactly. Just not
2: being able to get into the TARDIS, not being able to get to safety.
1: Exactly. And mm-hmm. it was interesting because the windows were glowing yellow, like mm-hmm. it was on fire inside or something. Kind of reminded me a bit of when the TARDIS was cooking in the first Matt Smith story a bit. Oh. And it was just like, oh, is the TARDIS changing inside? Obviously, it's something's happening to it mm-hmm. inside.
0: Well, yeah, something did happen inside. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And... It was just really interesting, whatever is doing that. And I'm going to go out on a theory here, and maybe the TARDIS is doing this because the Doctor's not in the right universe. Mm -hmm. And maybe in in an alternate universe, and the TARDIS is not reacting well to being there. Yeah.
3: yeah, it almost is. It almost feels like the TARDIS is going through some type of identity crisis. That's that was the impression I got. You know, yeah.
4: <clears throat> I just kind of figured that Swarm is messing with everything. I think Swarm is behind everything that we've seen so far. Everything that's going on. Um, all the you know, and and that even leads to you know uh, Claire and and what happened to her and and everything. I mean, I think he's
1: he's
4: he's directly or indirectly. And in, I think he's more directly involved with everything that we're seeing. That's, that's the problem.
1: Or there could be someone even above this that we haven't he, seen yet. He
4: knows that. Yeah. I don't think swarm is working for somebody.
1: No, I don't think so. he's working for somebody. I think somebody's controlling, you know, that he was able to escape. Or manipulating. Yeah, him. exactly. He was able to escape from, you know, from the trap he was in and that, you know, then set things in motion. I don't, Is, I think there's something above him that is getting, you know, is putting these, it's almost like a chess game. Mm -hmm. And he's just. Putting
2: pieces in place.
1: Exactly. And putting things into motion. So, you know, it's just, it's not that it's saying it's obvious, but I just, I think there's more to this. It's just convenient that the Santarans were. All of a sudden decided to invade Earth at this <laughs> point. And it's all of, you know, and we're going to see the Cybermen next week. You know, it's, it was shown already in the trailer and that, you know, we're getting the Cybermen next week, you know, next time. We already got weeping and, Angels. And then the we, week, Kind of like angels. Greatest Hits.
2: <laughs> oh. Well, exactly. <laughs>
1: there's, I, I feel really like there's someone controlling the pieces. And yeah, that's Swarm. Is it? No, I don't think it is Swarm. I, th- <laughs> I think it is Swarm. Okay.
4: Well, it'll be very
0: interesting. Oh, we'll see. see. (laughs)
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I just, I, you might be right. I might be right. I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't put money on it. But, uh, but I, I look. I mean, I think it's got more ramifications than just a dude who's pissed off at the doctor. Um, But I, I do think that you know, I do give. I, I don't give, and this is because I don't give Chibnall that much credit for going too <laughs> deep, you know? Like, if, if it was somebody else, you know, I might be like, okay, there might be another page to this, but I don't know. Chibnall just keeps things very much like as it is. He doesn't go too too deep like that, but I mean, it could be, you know, uh, I just doesn't, and Swarm doesn't seem like a character that's working with anybody. He just seems like he's got his own agenda, and he's He's really powerful. We don't know exactly his full story. Um, but um, and what happened, and everything, and as we learn that, I think if you, you know, two episodes in, if you bring in someone else, like working with him, I think it's just gonna,
1: I don't think the po- things the, up. Whoever's controlling it, I don't think that he's they're working with him. I just think he they're, they're whoever, just using him. They're using you. You are saying exactly. Yeah. It's somebody who you know set him free. You go do whatever you want now. I am not, you know, it's not somebody working with him, and because there something is controlling the, the flux. You know, and it's not Swarm because it started already before Swarm was even released from the prison.
4: Well, I mean, an, an interesting point. Like, you know, if Chibnall has read like, you know, like by any chance. 90% of the books? No, no. If he's read like like Batman Nightfall, then you know that like you let, in, you let out all the, the folks out of the asylum. You keep Batman busy while you're. Got it. Your real, real plan comes and then you, you know, you walk in the last minute and you beat the crap out of him and break his back. And the same thing, you're right. It could be happening with uh, whoever's against the doctor here. They're just releasing all these foes against her. And at the end, he's going to pop up and be like, ha!" and it could be, you know, though, well, it could be anybody, but.
1: No, well, it's maybe right.
0: they're just they're trying to keep her from learning about the lives she supposedly doesn't remember. Exactly. Because that's her whole thing. Well, that
4: that is an interesting point because he's, you know, Swarm does say, man, they did a really good job. Like, you do not remember me at all. And we had, like, he says battles, like, 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 full out battles, um, which is something I don't think the master would say. Like, the master wouldn't say, like, oh, you and I have had battles, doctor. I mean, they've had conflict, but not like epic battles. Um, so this guy has really a big history with the doctor that, yeah. And who is the one that he's referring to that has wiped out? Is it been the division? It seems like that might be, but I don't know.
1: Well, it was said in the Ruth story that the division kept on, you know, had wiped her memory, you know, or, and then also in the timeless child story, you know, the doctor kept on having his, her memory wiped over and over. And, you know, so that's why, you know, it would, the doctor would go on all these missions for the division and, you know, then finally they, according to this, that's why the doctor left Gallifrey as the first doctor.
4: So the division is Gallifreyan?
1: Yeah. Ah. It was, you know, they've, you know, they've, even in that episode, they said that the division was, you know unknowns to the Gallifreyans and the Time Lords. It's a super secret organization type thing. And that's who the doctor was working for. Hmm. So, you know, but, you know, this was all in the Matrix, you know, the Matrix. (laughs) So the Matrix can be screwed with. They've shown that before. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of questions that we're going to, you know, And, you know, I have theories, but I don't want to get egg on my face this early in the season.
0: (laughs) Uh, Who cares? I mean, you know, I don't care if I'm right or not. It's fun to speculate. Oh,
1: it is. And, you know, it was interesting. One of my theories uh, got thrown out the window when we met uh, Dan's mom and pop this week. So (laughs) so (laughs) about who Dan's identity was, that he wasn't really Dan. Right.
4: Oh, right, right. Unless so. they're in on it too. No, just kidding. Oh. Um, um, can I just say too, um, I don't know if we're getting ready to wrap things up, but, uh, Jody is killing it. She is, oh, awesome. she is awesome. She's killing awesome. It. Um, every scene she's in, she just owns it and is selling everything. And she is going out on this storyline, uh, putting it all out there. And, uh, yeah. I wish we'd got. I wish we'd gotten this doctor sooner, uh, because I love what she's doing. I, I just, it's just been amazing.
2: Can I say that I have a, I have a new appreciation of the Sheffield accent since watching um Because <laughs> <at last time.
4: laughs>
2: <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Tart, you know. He's he's a jerk, but he's got a sexy accent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to. I still need to put on my caption, uh, closed caption control, because I, I need to. I can't sometimes
1: understand what some of them. Are.
2: Oh yeah, I have to. I have to watch that with captions.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh god, yes. So yeah, it was interesting. Um, we're not going to go rating this. Until the end of the season, because it's a one continuing story, sure. like we mentioned last week. So, what we're going to do is thumbs up or thumbs down for right now, but we're not going to give a number of ratings. The one out of five Tardises, we'll do that at the end of the season. And what we'll do is we'll ha- we'll do the whole season, and then we're going to be doing a live recap on Facebook Live, and we'll have you know I'll go- I'll approach each one of you and ask what you guys thought of it. You know, and everything, so you guys can give us our your ratings for the season. I think that's just an easier way. Cool. So I'll go first. I give this one another thumbs up, like last week's. Mark
3: definitely a thumbs up for sure. Okay. I'm really enjoying it, and uh, can't wait to see more.
1: Awesome, Mary.
0: Oh, very enthusiastic thumbs up. I've really enjoyed both these episodes, and isn't this funny that? I mean, did you really think that's where we would be? <laughs> this no. After no. after after all the ragging on Chibnall we've done, that that we would be loving it so far, and I'm I'm thrilled. Good for you, Chibnall.
1: That's awesome. Felicity.
0: Yep. Thumbs up from me, and it's it's keeping
2: me guessing and keeping me interested in how this is going to turn out.
1: That is awesome, and Mr. Mike Gordon.
4: Yes, thumbs up. It's uh, something I mean I mean I'm I don't wait very long for it to have it in my dvr and i'm watching episodes twice um the excitement is there like it hasn't been in a while for me um and uh i I, yeah i'm still leery because i still think you know chibnall could screw it up at the end but right now (laughs) like we're we're in the first two chapters he's done an amazing job i think and and as we've said this is his strength uh, doing long form uh, storytelling like this, and right now this is we're seeing that. So um, I, I'm, uh, you know, this is just pro- more proof of that. So whoever hires him after that, don't expect episode. Make, episode.
0: make sure it's a miniseries. Make sure it's, make sure it's long form. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's going to be interesting, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing this. But the only sad part about this is that now we only have six more stories with Jody left. Mm. After Is that this.
2: confirmed that we, that how many spe- specials we're
4: getting?
1: We're getting three specials.
4: Okay.
1: And well, so. Yeah.
4: So we've got, we've got four more stories and then three specials So seven.
1: So seven. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not a
4: numbers know, guy. Why are you putting the number thing on me?
1: Because <laughs> it's your birthday, Mike. You know, we're counting now, you know? No, no don't count. Don't, don't count that. It's for sure. Yep. No. So it's awesome that, you know, she's. This season it has proved how good of a doctor she can be. Yeah, oh,
4: I'm just you know that the scene with her and the Sun Tower and, uh Scout or whatever that with the parlay with the general was yeah. just phenomenal. Sorry, What's the, it? I what? just oh sorry, I've just got to resign
2: myself that this is how long doctors stay around. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, some of them I like, some of them I wish would stay longer, some of them I wish would go sooner, but this is just gonna gonna be the. The
1: trend yeah the funny thing I forgot that this these episodes are 59 minutes they're not the mm-hmm. usual 42 and I was just like oh my gosh 40 uh, 40 minutes how are they going to wrap this up <laughs> two to go. is this story going to continue into the next one uh, so, yes it is. it was pretty awesome oh yes yes it is but it was it was awesome and you know we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home feedback at our dot com please let us know what you guys thought about this one Okay, kids, this wraps it up for tonight. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Mark, you want to give a shout out real quick to your podcast one more time or your book?
3: Yes, uh, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives uh, is a book that talks about how Saturday morning became a business and the proving ground for the 24-Hour Kid Network. You can order a signed copy at my website at tbsool. .com which are the initials of the book and you can get a signed copy along with a magnet and a sticker. Excellent.
1: And,
4: and I'm Felic- reading it finally. It's really oh, awesome. That awesome. is awesome. Oh, uh, thanks.
1: And thank you for being here my friend. Oh, it yeah, really it was a lot of fun. And Felicity, thank you, thank you as always. Want to do a quick shout out to the Flopcast.
2: Sure. Uh the Flopcast still coming to you every week. Um has some Saturday morning cartoon content of its own this week. And I know that, that Kevin is definitely a fan of the best Saturdays of our lives. That's the sort of stuff that we just eat up being fans of, uh, fans of Saturday morning cartoons ourselves. I haven't done much with the Flopcast this year, just cause you know, health, health and work related issues, but Kevin and Cornflake are still coming at you every week. And I think we are going to have a very special guest on the next episode who will be familiar to people hanging around the American sci-fi classics track.
1: Oh, that will be interesting to see. (laughs) So very cool. And thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. We do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And let's thank our regulars. Of course, Mr. Mike birthday boy, Gordon. Thank you. As always.
4: It's my pleasure.
1: And, you know, we're not going to torture you with singing tonight, but we will do a Santara, Santara, Santara <laughs> in your excellent. honor, my friend.
4: Excellent, excellent. I uh,
1: feel a little bit more like potato now. Okay. <laughs> we just won't hit you in the back of the head with a walk.
0: With a walk.
4: Please don't.
1: And Mary, thank you so, so much for being here also. We so appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you. It's always lovely, and especially to talk about new Doctor Who.
1: And where can people find you?
0: They can find my artwork at com or on Etsy at eVision Arts.
1: Excellent. And we will see you all here next week when we are going to be talking Once Upon a Time. That's right, fairy tale time, just with big silver monsters in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next week be safe and we will see you here next time on earth station who peace and we are done get vaccinated folks please you have been listening to earth station who a bi-weekly
4: pop culture podcast dedicated to all things doctor who featuring talents from across the universe all topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual are used for entertainment value alone you subscribe to our podcast up on itunes stitcher or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes.
1: Welcome to Cigar
4: Nerd Summer. It's hot outside, time to fire up the grill, and of course fire up some stogies. You know, the beaches are open, and movies are back, so now we're going to be coming
1: at you with brand new movies, and also brand new cigars. So, break out your tank tops, fire up the grill, lay out your beach blanket, and make us your summer destination. CigarNerdPodcast.com, also on the
3: ESO Network at ESONetwork.com.